Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. It's time to talk some football, actually, and what an interesting world it is at the moment. It's been turned on its head uh, by Russia's invasion of the Ukraine, of course, because there's a lot of Russian power in world football. And to took us through uh, one side of it anyway is uh, former All-White uh, David Choate. David played uh, for the All-Whites back in uh, the mid-80s, uh, but he's uh, a Chelsea man, uh, keeping a, a very close eye on uh, how this affects, I would imagine, uh, the Chelsea club in particular. David, good morning to you. Yeah, nice to chat to you, Smithy. I'm old enough to remember you running around Cedar Park. It's not else, but it was light blue, I suppose. <laughs> And I can remember you two running around. Don't you worry about that, my friend. Uh, <laughs> yeah, our running behind uh, us. <laughs> definitely have, uh, and happy about that. Hey, hey look, uh, let's look at this this uh, setup now, which is uh, all of us. Look, we're talking about a bloke who took over what in two thousand and three, uh, probably one of the most expensive takeovers at the time uh, of any English club, uh, and he's seen uh, overseen a pretty successful era, uh, to be fair, of Chelsea football, hasn't he, Abramovich? Uh, 100%. The Roman Empire for Chelsea has been uh, revelationary. They have become a powerhouse of world football. Um, they're one of the biggest clubs on the planet. Um, they've had all sorts of success under Abramovich. But it's come to a screaming halt uh, with what's going on in uh, the Ukraine, and, and rightly so. Um, it's a massive issue for, for not only Chelsea but for the world at the moment. But uh, Roman Abramovich's money will no longer be able to fund a football club that um, he has funded, as you say, for since 2003. So what happens? Logistically, for those of us who, who don't know the running of a football club, etc., how does it exist all of a sudden? Yeah, well, it's going to be a real challenge. Chelsea runs at a loss. Uh, they, uh, they rely on the Abramovich money to even keep it afloat. So in the short term, they keep playing, so they can keep playing. They, uh, they can't sell tickets to their matches other than to season ticket holders who already had paid for their tickets. So there'll be no um, new tickets sold, so they can't get any revenue into the club that way. Um, they can keep paying the wages in the short term, so that'll be covered. So the players will continue to get paid and pay. They cannot trade players, so they cannot sort of uh, function in terms of the transfer market. They've got a number of players who are coming to the end of their contract, and they will not be able to re-sign them under the current current uh, regime. They really need to have this club sold and sold away from Russian, uh, from Russian ownership. Um, it can be sold. The government will ensure that there is no money that goes back into Oparamovich's pocket. So it's going to be a, a very interesting next few days. Apparently there's a list of uh, potential buyers out there, Smithy. But uh, what does it do to the price? It probably uh, reduces the price in terms of uh, this becomes a bit of a, 
a bargain deal for somebody. It almost, uh, David, becomes a bit of a fire sale, doesn't it, for that, uh, for that point? And there will be, as you say, uh, around the, the Saudi area or whatever, uh, people just hunting this down, surely? Yep, there are, there are a queue of people. I've, I've seen all sorts of names uh, linked. Uh, all of them with billionaire after the title. They've got the money because it's, uh, some British uh, consortiums being pulled together. There's some interest, as you say, in the in the Arab world. The Americans have been big in football lately, so there is a queue of about ten. They reckon those are the ten that have gone public. And on my read of things, it's probably not one of them will get it. It'll be one of the more private bits that's going on. They reckon there are plenty of buyers out there, plenty of people with money who uh, want to get into the football game. Um, you wonder why, because they don't make money at the moment. Uh, they uh, they operate at a loss, as I said. So uh, they do need these kind of buyers who uh, end up being benefactors as much as anything else. Uh, he must have, uh, Abramovich, uh, aside from uh, the Russian ties, etc., I mean, he must have uh, Chelsea pretty close to his heart and built this relationship over this period of time. David, because I, I'm reading a story now where there's about £1.5 billion of loans to the club that Abramovich has said he didn't want repaid to him when putting the club up for sale last week. I mean, we, we know he's got a truckload of money, but that's a lot of money to just uh, forfeit, isn't it? Yeah, correct. Look, he has had the football club at his heart. He's been a real um, benefactor, as they say. He, he's got uh, Chelsea sort of running through his veins. He, he, he's always been committed to the cause. Pretty ruthless in terms of his hiring and firing of managers. He's brought a lot of success up. The fans love him, clearly, because he's brought such success to the club. But um, it's over, and it's over so quickly that you'll get a real sort of uh, reach for both fans and players. There's just so much interest in the story for me. They've been told they could only spend 20000 per match in terms of getting to games, for example. Well, they've got games in the Champions League. They can't get to France. Um, I think it'd be next game against Lille on, on that kind of money. I don't know what they're going to do. Carpool or something, drive themselves across the <laughs> across the, uh, the, the the channel. No, I don't know. It's back to the uh, last century sort of operating model for Chelsea in the short term. They need to get it sold and sold quickly. Eurostar, mate. Eurostar, get there quite quick too. I can promise you. Um, he, look, here's the thing: um, uh, is this personal? Uh, is this in, is this deeply personal at Abramovich for ties with Putin, etc., or is this just across the board Russia? Across the board. Um, about two weeks ago, it started getting chatted about in Parliament about the, uh, the, the money that is coming out of um, Russia. He's pretty close to Putin, I reckon. I read some books. Um, there's a great read on uh, ownership of football. I think it's called The Billionaires Club. And uh, in that book, they certainly linked um, Abramovich and other Russian oligarchs pretty closely with Putin. They paid their money uh, in, uh, in an interesting way, I suppose, at the time of the sort of... Uh, of the. Um, the oil barons of, of Russia really have made just so much money. And where it's come from, who knows? You know that Abramovich is heavily linked, so he won't be able to escape his association with Russia. As will other, there's other clubs that have some Russian money. I think Everton are another club that have some money coming into them out of Russia, so they'll be in. But Chelsea's the big name because it's almost a one-man club in terms of the ownership. Roman and Abramovich has been... The, the single person who's probably kept Chelsea football at the top of their game. So when you look at this, David, from the outside, it's a big, big shake-up. It's a big turnaround, the fire sale, as we've already talked about. Um, do you fear a little bit for Chelsea's immediate future, or do you think everything can be uh, bought, sold, and uh, redistributed in terms of signings, etc., um, in the interim and between seasons? 
Yeah, well, they're in action this morning uh, in the Premier League. The player impact is interesting. They've got so many players up for um, renewing contracts. I just can't see that they can sign any of those players or those players play with any confidence. Does that affect their on-field performance in the short term? Currently third in the Premier League. I could imagine a, a, a bit of a uh, reaction on the field that results in them maybe falling out of the top four, which means they're not playing Champions League. It's a real pivotal time. The next few weeks are critical on the park. Um, but I do have fears that uh, our days uh, as the Roman Empire that took us to the top of sort of uh, world football um, might be numbered. OK, David, I uh, can tell you you'll be a happy man. You're probably watching anyway. It's 2-1 to Chelsea over Norwich with yep. uh, five minutes to go, so you, you'll be quite chuffed about that yep. away from home. Uh, listen, um, all whites, mate. You, you've got a bit of a, an interest in being a former yep. all white, of course, and what's coming up with these World Cup qualifiers. A massive squad of around, what, uh, 30, I think, uh, Danny Hayes announced, uh, because of availability and non-availability. It's a bit of a shamozzle, uh, courtesy of Oceania Football. We're not um, um, oblivious to that anyway, David, but how do you see this shaping up? Is there any danger for us in this, in this particular series of games? Yeah, there is, because it's a logistical nightmare. He's got players arriving midstream, and some coming, some going. He doesn't get his best squad till sort of later in the tournament. The risk is, and, and world football is like this anywhere, you go in underpowered, you, you, you run a big risk. Um, for, for the All-Whites to be assured, they really have to put out their best side as often as they can. Um, the good, the new story, I think, is we've got great depth at the moment of players. There's a, there's a lot of players around the globe who are now plying their trade as professionals, probably the most we've ever had. So I'd, I think Benny Hay can traverse what will be a difficult tournament. Uh, and tournament play is very different to a home and away basis, which has been the typical way of qualification. So all of those new things present risk. We should still be favoured. We should still be favourite. We should still be confident. But it just adds another layer of complexity that I'm sure Benny Hay could have come about. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I look at the squad and uh, I thank uh, goodness that at some point we're going to have uh, all our big big boys available. How do, how do you think, it's uh, uh, still, uh, still a fair way out, but how, how do you think this World Cup uh, all-white squad measures up to perhaps previous ones when we've actually made the cut and gone there? Is this side likely to do that? Really good. I, I think, if anything, we've got, broadly speaking, more talent. The last time out, we had some players at the top of the game. I'm thinking Winston Reid was right at the top of his game. Now they're coming off their, their highs, so that probably balances the scorecard a bit. But the group of young players that's been sort of coming through, and if you think about players like Kakachi, who's gone to Serie A, um, those kind of players should be coming into their prime and should be sort of the next generation. I think he's got a good squad. I think he's got as good a squad as we've ever had. Chris Wood is critical to get the goals. Mm. But there's a young fella, Alex Greve, now plying his trade up in Scotland. Could be a bolter, someone who you wouldn't have heard much about, but he's turned up in Scotland and started to make a name for himself. So I think there's some real um, talent that we might unearth through this uh, next series of games. David, Ufuk Tillais uh, certainly got the Phoenix. Uh, looks like heading in the right oh. direction, playing some good football. He's a great coach. Uh, unbelievable, really, because all of the um, sort of reasons that you wouldn't perform are presented in front of him. But he gets the side playing decent football. They play sort of this possession game. But midweek against Newcastle, they went the other way and played on the counter and did it hugely effectively, ended up winning 3-2 to put themselves into the playoff zone. If you'd asked me at the beginning of the season, Smithy, I said I thought it was going to be a battle for them to actually get into playoff football. 
But Ufuk Talley, mm. I would say, is probably the hottest, hottest property in terms of coaching talent in the A-League. He's really got the best out of this Wellington Phoenix side in pretty tough circumstances. David Choke, great catching up with you. Uh, I'd like to have a beer, beer with you at some stage and relive some old uh, Miramar Rangers days. That would be fantastic, mate. I uh, hope you're well, and thanks very much for your time. Great to catch up, Smithy. We'll, we'll, we'll do that at some point. Thank you. Good on you. David Choke there. Thanks for uh, joining us on SENZ this morning. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto, don't work on your deck. Play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.